another episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio. As always, brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. It is Season 2, Episode 31 of By All Means. Head over to MillCreekMetroParks.org for your chance to register for a tee time upcoming in this beautiful week of weather we're going to have here in Northeast Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Western Reserve Radio, on Twitter at WR underscore radio, the live 365 app or tune in or westernreserveradio.com. Our friend Hayden Grove is going to join us here in the opening segment. And uh, Hayden, I know you were out in Kansas City. Have you recovered from all the travel? Yeah, I think, you know, I feel pretty good. I mean, you know, I it was a fun trip. I think the only thing that's messing me up is that, like, I've always had bad sinuses, and I just – and I I feel like every time I travel, you know, going from one environment to another, my sinuses are bad. So, you know, I feel great, but it's just like my nose is kind of um, a little little more, you know, back there. My sinuses – you can just feel some pressure back there. So I want to start with Ohio State, knowing that you're an alumni, and you're kind of going to kind of get how I feel based on the questions that I'm going to ask you. And let's start with your thoughts on Kerry Combs as the Buckeyes defensive coordinator. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I obviously think that they just didn't make any adjustments against Oregon. I know that a lot of people want him fired, and I get it. I think he's a good coach. You know, I just don't know, you know, what the issue is in terms of the scheme. I mean, why are you getting beat on the same play you know, five times in the same game, um, you know, and and I will put it this way too, is that yes, you know, Kerry Combs can get most of the blame, but you got to be able to execute if you're a player, right? You know, Zach Harrison got beat on that play multiple times and he's supposed to be a five-star prospect, some one of the best recruits in the country. And he's not, he's not really doing the job right now. So I think it's a combination of everything. I think it's Kerry Combs. I think it's Harrison. I think it's the entire defense, everybody on that defense. And I think it's a little bit of a lack of, um, recruiting. I mean, you look at the offensive side of the football. I mean, it's a recruiter's goldmine. You have quarterback, wide receivers. You know, you have great offensive linemen. And then defensive side of the football, your linebackers are still kind of slow. You have, you know, you have some good defensive backs, but you don't have necessarily the, the blue chip guys that you need to have. And I think that's starting to shift a little bit with like uh, ACT and whatnot. But I mean, you know, it's I think it's a combination of everything on that defense. And, and they need to tear it down and build it from the, the bottom up. And, you know, we'll see if they do that this week. It's interesting you bring that up because you look at the defensive line, and I think that D line especially has some, you know, five star prospects. But once you go past sure. that D line, there isn't the five star linebacker, there isn't the five star safety. I mean, Seven Banks hasn't played all year this year as the best defensive back. Hopefully, he can get back in action this week. So I think that's a great point that they're recruiting well, but not the back half of the defense right now. Good players, just not the elite players. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I just, I think Ohio State needs to find, you know, find that balance of offense and you. I mean, offensively they are spectacular, spectacular. But um, defensively, you got to find some, some really, you know, they've been lucky. They've, they've had some really, really quality players. You know, Darren Lee, Ryan Shazier, uh, Joey Boza, Tariq Smith, uh, you know, Nick Boza, um, Chase Young. I mean, the list goes on. Denzel Ward. You know, they've had some really good defensive players, but I just, the development has not been there, and I wonder what the reason is for that. You kind of alluded to it, but do you think the, the problem with the offense, is it personnel, is it scheme, is it coaching, or is it all of them? With the defense? Yeah, with the, de- with the, with the defense, yes. Yes. 
Um, I think it's I think it's a combination. I just think it's a combination, and I think you got to add on top of it that college football is a very offensive game these days. You know, they 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 don't play defense the way they used to. And I know that some of the games, you know, Wisconsin, whatever, um, some of these games were were very low scoring to start the year out. But I, it's just it's, it's not the same game it used to be. And you know, with these high powered offenses, I mean, Ohio State had guys you know running up and down the field wide open on Saturday, and. Um, you know, CJ Stroud threw for the most touchdown or the most yards in, in Ohio State history, or second most yards in Ohio State history in just his second start. So it's just a little different the way they play the game. And it kind of makes me wonder, and I think I know where you'll go with this. Can you change the offensive game plan to help the defense, or would that be a detriment to the team as a whole? It'd be a detriment. You know, your whole point is to have. These these amazing you have the best receiving crew in the country in my opinion. You have a very good young quarterback in C.J. Stroud, and you got great ones, you know, potentially really good ones behind them too. You have good running backs. You have you know a good offensive line. I mean, you got it all. You can't just you can't just stop what you're doing because the defense isn't doing their job. They got to figure it out, and Ohio State's got to continue to you know to play that high tempo, high octane offense that Ryan Day runs so well. You know, Coach Day kind of alluded to that they're going to look into everything in the press conference today. And, you know, his comments kind of surprised me. I didn't know, you know, he would talk publicly the way he did. I, I, you know, I appreciate it that he, he did that in his show today, and I'm glad that he did. But I wonder, you know, how much can you change in the middle of the season right now going forward, especially when, you know, you've already lost key pieces of your defense for the year? You can change. I think if you're Ohio State, you can change. Because um, you're going to beat teams just based on your offense alone. I mean, you can beat the entire Big Ten based on how good your offense is. Um, you know, but the Ohio, you're not going to see an offense as dynamic as Oregon's again. Uh, that, that's just not going to happen. So Ohio State can run with the Big Ten, um, given the offense that they have. Uh, so you can change. I think now is the time to change. You know, you look at what they're, you know, what they're going to face for the rest of the year. They have a favorable schedule. Um, and now is the time. So I would change. You have Tulsa coming up. You have Akron coming up. You have some weaker opponents in the Big Ten coming up. I mean, do it now as opposed to waiting. You know, don't wait for it. Change it now. Figure it out. And then let the offense, you know, win you some games. And they will. And then you go forward there. Is that a situation where you, you kind of feel bad for Tulsa being the team after the way they played defensively uh, against Oregon that, uh, you know, they may try to take out some anger on them on Saturday afternoon? No, I, I don't feel bad. I mean, they're going to get they're going to get paid a lot of money to be in at Ohio Stadium. And it's, it's a great experience. And, you know, they, they know they know they know that they're uh, they know that they're they're not nearly as talented and it's going to be an uphill battle so yeah i don't feel bad for him i really don't so let's turn and talk about the bronze game that you were at on sunday two straight games two consecutive games uh, against the chiefs where you're in it you've got an opportunity to win and you just can't finish does that i mean you didn't win the game but you know you're, you're right there maybe not from a player's perspective but from a, a, a fan's perspective you feel like you know despite not winning things still went pretty good yeah i do think things went pretty good i think you know you saw well, i think what you saw on sunday was kevin stefanski is just incredible i think he had that team ready to go i think he knew exactly what kansas city was going to do defensively steve spagnolo i think he had you know he was he that offense was humming humming they were running the ball they were passing the ball they were doing whatever they wanted to and then the second half comes, you know, it's 22 to 10 and 
the defense, again, you've you got to play perfect against Patrick Mahomes to win. I mean, that's the bottom line. you got to play legitimately perfect football. He's just that good. He's got the, the, these weapons that are that good. I mean, you got to play unbelievably perfect. So what happens in the second half? First half, you play perfect football, right? Second half, you get the ball, or you they get the ball. They go on like a seven and a half minute drive. They score. You know that's that's not on that's not on the offense. You know that, that's more on the pay, on the on the fact that the Chiefs are just a damn good team, right? The Browns held the ten points in the first half. They get the ball. They score. Take seven and a half minutes, and then Nick Chubb fumbles, and they get the ball back, and then and then I believe they hit a field goal, so they score again, and then Browns go down. They score, and you think you have your throat on their neck. And then Patrick Mahomes makes a play that no other quarterback in the history of the league, or maybe the history of the league, is going to make. Throw, running to his right, off his back foot, throws it just 50 yards down the field. Tariq, it wasn't a great throw, but you know it's a situation where it's kind of like a scramble drill. Tariq Hill knows where he's looking, and because John Johnson's like, I've never seen anybody make this throw. Why should I look? He's late. He, they score a touchdown, and then you know you get the ball back. They they try to punt it. And you get the you give them the ball at the ten yard line. It's just just the, the little things in the second half. I mean, I don't think the Browns played poorly. You just cannot give them. You cannot give a team like the Chiefs, you know, that big seventy five yard touchdown on one play to start that drive. You cannot give the ball to the Chiefs at the fifteen yard line and let them score right away. I mean, these are just things that cannot happen for you to win a football game. And people are going to say, oh, well, what about Baker's interception? Yeah, it was a bad throw. He was trying to throw the ball away. But again, at the end of the day, if, if Baker doesn't need to do that baker's not in that situation they are you know probably running the clock out if if jamie going could catch the ball if uh you know john johnson makes a play if nick chubb doesn't fumble i mean the culmination of all of those things just killed them but the good news is that they had the culmination of those three things and they still only lost by four points so if they can clean up their act you know and that's more of an individual thing for chubb for Dylan, for John Johnson. I mean, not even the John Johnson thing, really. I think it's more so just, you know, that that's Patrick Mahomes. I'll, I'll tip my cap on that one. But if you can get off a clean punt and Nick Chubb doesn't fumble, which he rarely does anyway, I think you're going to be looking at, you know, a win there. So you need to clean up the little things, and I think that they will. Do you think, and I know it's only one game, but can Anthony Schwartz really be a difference maker for this team for years to come? Um... I was pretty down on Anthony Schwartz just because he wasn't around in um, in training camp much, and I was kind of like, "All right, you gotta you gotta get out of you gotta you know get out of the club to make the club, dude." Uh, but honestly, on Saturday or on Sunday, he shocked me. I mean, I was not expecting that level of you know being able to catch the football kind of underneath. You know, obviously he dropped the one pass, but it was kind of a good play by the defender. Um, he almost dropped that huge 44-yard play, which was going to be a that was a that was a touchdown if he doesn't just slow it up there. So um, it was a great throw by Baker, and he just you know bumped, fumbled it a little bit, but caught it. Um, yeah, I think that if he learns to catch the football better, he's going to be great. I mean, obviously, again, the thing with Anthony Schwartz was never anything other than you know he's just fast, and he that's very 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 useful. But if you can't catch, it's not that useful. So he's got to shore up his hands, and uh, I think he's going to be just fine in doing that. You look over the last couple of years, and two years ago they rebuilt the offense. Last year they rebuilt the defense. And I'm not saying on the same level as the other two, but do they need to put some work in, maybe some money into rebuilding the special teams as a collective unit? (sighs) That's such a tough question. I'm going to say no because – Again, they have so much money they have to spend elsewhere. They just have to be super savvy about 
who they bring in to kick, who they, you know, what they really feel is right. Um, you know, Gillen, I don't, I've kind of been down on Gillen since last year. I don't think he punted very well last year. Um, you know, I love, or I love the guy, but you know, and, and I, I can't really, I, I can kill him for the play that he made job is to catch the ball and to punt it and to get the, you know, to get the other team to, in, in a worse position than they started. Um, but being an arrowhead with friends, I think, you know, that kind of spooked him a little bit. But you're, I, I don't think that they need to remake the deep or the special teams. I think they cover well, but, you know, I think just the kicker and the punter are an issue right now, for sure. As we wrap things up, I mean, I know you cover Ohio State, you cover the Browns. It was not a fun weekend. It was not a good weekend. But uh, I guess all in all, it's still going to be disagree. a pretty darn good year for both of these teams, right? Say it again. You said it's still going to be a good year for both of these teams despite losing oh, last yeah, week, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I, I, it was a very, very fun, good weekend. It was a fun weekend. I mean, you know, as a fan, if, if you're rooting for Ohio State or the Browns, I mean, obviously it's not the result you wanted. But both games are played very close, and both teams showed that they belong, and Obviously, I think Ohio State's a little bit more of a letdown because they were favored. But um, I think for the Browns, again, it's just you're they're just so close to being there. And I think, you know, I think that you will see these teams play for one more time. And that third time could be the charm and where the Browns finally get them. But um, I think the Browns are there. I think the Browns are going to be spectacular this season offensively. I think defensively they'll be there too. Um, you know, I think Baker Mayfield is, is definitely taking some mature maturation steps. And uh, he just looked so in control of the game on Sunday. He looked in complete control of the offense. He looked like a franchise quarterback. I can't wait to see again what he does against a lot of, you know, not, not as good teams this season. Hayden, appreciate as always for taking a couple minutes to join us. Uh, we'll be following all of your coverage all season long, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Uh, maybe we get towards the midway point of the season for both teams. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Our friend Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com jumping in to talk some Buckeyes and some Browns with us. We appreciate a few minutes of Hayden's time here by all means as he uh, jumps in to join us today. Coming up after our first timeout, Jim Craven will join me from the studio. We'll preview the two high school football games we've got coming up for you. This uh, this uh, weekend, this Friday, right here on Western Reserve Radio, we can also tell you the Indians have bounced back with a 3-1 win in Game 1 of a doubleheader against the Twins in Minneapolis today. Tristan McKenzie picking up another victory. Emmanuel Classe records the save in the victory for the Indians, who now look for the doubleheader sweep of the Twins uh, coming up later on this evening as uh, they begin a couple of headers coming up for them here over the next 10 days for the Indians as they have the final couple weeks of the regular season uh, to get finished up. And uh, we'll also look back at some of the big games played last week in the Valley. I had a chance, uh, lucky enough, to be at the Hubbard-Poland game on Friday to, to see that great comeback by Hubbard. And uh, another impressive performance by the Hubbard running game uh, in their victory over Poland. They now head off for their first road game of the year, uh, led by T.C. Caffey, the senior running back for the Eagles, that uh, I believe is already over 1,000 yards on the ground in just four games running the football for Hubbard. So we'll talk about that. We will preview our two games coming up here on Western Reserve Radio, Western Reserve Radio 2 and Sports Radio 1240. We'll do all of that after we take this time out on By All Means. 
Youngstown, Warren, and Salem's local and national sports talk can be found on TuneIn and the Live 365 app at Western Reserve Radio, WRDB, The Scourge. We are right back here on By All Means. A big thank you to Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com for stopping talk some Browns and Buckeyes with us. It's now time to turn our attention to high school football. And Jim, we talk about it every year. It's the fastest 10 weeks of the year. It really does feel like it. We are going to be at the halfway point of the regular season after we conclude our games on Friday night. Absolutely insane. We look forward to it all year and then in a blinking of an eye, it's gone. But it's, I, I think it's probably, you know, arguably the best level of football, the purest anyway. So, yep, it goes pretty fast, and, uh, you know, it's a great getaway considering all the circumstances we've been dealing with the last couple of years. Your game coming up Friday night on Western Reserve Radio, Mineral Ridge at Springfield. The Ridge comes in at 2-2, two and two. Springfield comes in at 3-1. and one. But before we get to that game, the big story last week before the uh, Tigers' big victory over the Louisville Rockets was – you know, Bo Brungard announcing through his social media, verbally committed, 100% committed, following in his father's footsteps, going to Youngstown State. And that's exciting. Uh, I mean, you're going to follow in his father, Mark, of course, played uh, at YSU, won a national championship, too. If I'm not mistaken, could be wrong about that. Uh, but it's great to keep the talent here. And I think that's how Coach Tressel built his program. I know in the early 90s, uh, you know, had an opportunity to be around that a little bit. So if we can keep that talent here and build upon that, you know, you always hope that Coach Phillips can get us back to, you know, that that tradition of playing for the playoffs every year. And uh, it's a great program. It's just a matter of now putting together and, uh, you know, getting it done. You look ahead for Springfield coming up on Friday, and uh, they'll take on the the Mineral Ridge Rams. You look back to when they last met in 2020, a convincing win for Springfield on the road at Mineral Ridge. Again, you called last year 45-7. to Now they have to come to New Middletown. And the way Springfield has played since that opening loss to South Range, uh, they're in line to pick up another W on Friday. Yeah, certainly. You know, I think Mineral Ridge would have been better off playing Springfield in week one, considering that, you know, they were still trying to kind of find their way with the players who were stepping in as starters this year that played roles last year, but didn't quite get that much playing time. But, you know, over the weeks, we've seen them struggle with South Range and make no mistake, South Range is a really good football team. They're going to go far. Uh, Coach Yeagley has that program headed straight for the playoffs. Uh, But you know, as they went into Brookfield, they struggled a little bit more, but they, you saw that they found the rhythm, especially in the second half. And then going to Geneva, they got even better. They, they avoided the slow start, and they had a really good win. There. And then, of course, last week, you know, just a, a blowout win over a 3-0 and Lowville Rockets team. So you're seeing an evolution right now, and you wonder, is this team going to get better? You know, have they peaked out? Is it, you know, who they're playing? So it's going to be exciting to watch. But right now, with Bo Brungard in there and, and this cast that he has around him, Uh, they're starting to get right back into form from last year. You look at Mineral Ridge, and Coach Shaner's done well with this program since he took it over. A week one loss uh, at home to Pimentooing Valley as they uh, unveiled the new turf there at uh, Easy Whitaker Field. 
Then they followed that up with a convincing 50-18 to win over East Palestine, who's 0-4 on the year. Their game against Lisbon was canceled. They had a makeup. They were able to pick up a game with Newton Falls, beat them 36-22. to And then in a literal backyard rival, I don't know if we have any two schools in the Valley that are closer to each other than McDonald and Mineral Ridge and a 21-14 win for McDonald, their first win of the year. But uh, that game came right down to the final few minutes of that contest. And it's always a great game when those two teams play each other. Yeah, and I think Coach Shaner's doing a good job. I think Brian has got that program in the right direction. Uh, you know, last year, that was a lot to ask of any team. Uh, that was a, Springfield was a team that was making plans for the playoffs and, and, and getting into the D6 championship again. So... You know, I, I, I give them at least that year. But this year, they're looking better. And, they're, and Coach Shannon will develop the program. And, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. But they're 2-2 two and two right now. And that says a lot. Now, remember, there's additional teams that are going to be allowed into the playoffs this year. So, at 2-2, two and two, you're still very much in the, in the conversation. As far as the Tigers go, they give up 41 to South Range in the first game. And then really have turned the corner defensively, 14 against Brookfield, 14 against Geneva, six against Lowellville last week. So they're only giving up 11 points a game their last three. And offense gets the headlines. But, you know, you talk to the coaching staff over there, defense wins them football games. Yeah, and there's guys that are stepping up, you, you know, especially a guy like Aaron Groner, who he's leading in tackles every week. But, you know, Coach and I talked, I think it was at halftime of, of – the first week, you know, these wins and losses, you really don't know what they mean for two or three weeks until you start to see what the personality of these teams are, what the records are going to be. And you could see now that, well, South Range, of course, is is loaded. So there, we know the direction they're going, and we see how the Springfield's developing. You now see what this team really is. And, and we've seen guys like Aaron Grone, who I absolutely am entertained by watching. Uh, you know, Shondell Gardner at receiver and over on the, in the secondary, he's developed wonderfully. So, again, you're starting to see where this is going, and it looks a lot better than it did week one, but I don't know how many teams are going to look good against South Range to begin with. Our game on Western Reserve Radio 2 and Sports Radio 1240 WBBW is Ursuline at Harding. The Irish come in at 3-1, and one, and the Raiders are 1-3. and three. You look at the last couple of times these two teams have met, 2019, a 34-0 win for Warren Harding. Last year, a 28-24 win for Warren Harding. But you look at 2021, Jim, and Ursuline is putting up unbelievable offensive numbers through four games. You can see as Harding and Ursuline played the last couple of years, the gap is closing, and Ursuline gets a big win last week over Fitch, and, and that's – that's saying a lot. You know, I think Coach Reardon is doing an outstanding job, and, and I think there was a lot of excitement when he came back just by virtue of the fact that he was there. That was before they even took the field, and you can see that is starting to permeate into the program, into the games, and this is going to be, this is going to be a team that could be 4-6 and six again, 5-5, five and five, and be well into the playoffs. And you look at the numbers that Ursuline has put up, and they're just eye-popping, 62 in week one. 50 in week two they lose to a very good Chardon team 36 27 but they were down I want to say like maybe 33 to nothing 32 to nothing at one point in that game before coming back and you mentioned the 48 47 win over Austin Town Fitch the thing about them and this schedule and it's always been like that 
You look at, uh, you know, they played up, they played a Division three school. They played another Division three school. They play a Division two school in Austintown Fitch. Hickory from Pennsylvania, who they beat in Week 2, kind of equates to a similar Division four school. So not only are they putting up numbers, but for the most part, they're putting up numbers against schools that are bigger than they are. Oh, certainly. And, and they're, they could be playoff eligible week five or six at this rate. But that was always what Ursuline did. You know, they built a team and, you know, especially when they were playing in the Steel Valley Conference, you know, you had Mooney, Harding, Fitch and, and so on. So this this is getting back to that that type of hard nosed football that Ursuline played. And they have been impressive. And, and forgive me, the young man's name escapes me at quarterback for Ursuline. Loved watching him last week. Just the way he ran the offense. He looks so comfortable and so much talent there. And I know he's been to camps, and they really look at him, but that, that makes a huge difference for him. You know, that region that the Irish are in, Division Four, Region 13, that region is loaded with teams from the Valley. When you're talking, you know, West Branch, Salem, Ursuline, Poland, Edgewood's 2-2. Two and two. They're in the playoff conversation. Struthers, 2-2, two and two, has a big game against Hubbard on Friday. That's a region that, you know, it's going to be interesting who comes down with, you know, the top couple of top seeds in it. And it'll be important how these teams finish. But right now, Ursuline is the class of that right there. I, I mean, I they're going to be the team that everybody else is chasing. And if you can get a win over them, that is huge. But right now, if what we are seeing is going to get better, if they're going to develop, this is going to be a team that could finish out, you know, just – clean up towards the end there and head to the playoffs. And again, they're going to make it into the first second because, you, of course, they've expanded playoffs and the one's going to be playing 16. And, you know, so I, I'm excited to see that. You know, it's a team that was, you could see, was suffering a little bit. You know, the, the alumni were, weren't real happy. The kids were, you know, struggling a little bit. But, uh, again, it, it, the program has turned around. They're just a lot of fun to watch now. And you look at the Irish, they've got the potential after beating Austin Town Fitch. You look at their schedule and it's high school football. Anything can happen. We all know that. But Harding, Cheney, a St. Vincent St. Mary's team that's down a little bit this year, Boardman, East, and Cardinal Mooney, they could run the table and win all of their games and easily go nine and one. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to rack up the points playing the higher division teams. And it's it's good to see that. I like to see the, the parochial schools play up because, of course, they have a quality of talent there, maybe not a quantity, but because of the lower number of students, you know, and everybody knows how that works out for them. But, you know, I like to see them play up. And it really challenges the kids. When they're getting wins over those bigger teams, quote unquote, that does so much for them in terms of confidence. And you can see that, especially with a win over Fitch. That could have gone either way down to the last minute. And I know we've only got a couple of minutes, but a team we don't talk a lot about, but I think deserves a lot of credit for what they have done the last couple of weeks. How about the G-men from Garrettsville Garfield? They beat Warren John F. Kennedy last week. They beat LeBray oh, two weeks ago. They beat LeBray last week. They're 4-0, beating some really good football teams. They may be set up for a long playoff run. Oh, and you could see that evolving. You and I had a, a playoff game, I believe. We, t- we had them at Niles one year, and we, we saw how good they were, but – this year, this is going to be a special year for you. Their group of seniors and their supporting cast, that, that's going to be – this is going to be a special year for them. And that's uh, – I'm glad to see them in that conference. I'm glad to see teams like JFK get challenged uh, because they're such a great program too. 
It's going to be interesting. I cannot believe we are already to the halfway point of the high school football season. Again, Western Reserve Radio has Mineral Ridge and Springfield at uh, 6 at uh, 6.35 with uh, Coach and Jim. And uh, we will have uh, Tim and I on Western Reserve Radio 2 and Sports Radio 1240. We will have Ursuline and Warren Harding. And uh, that is a 6.40 pregame here on our family of channels that uh, continues to grow and expand as we continue to try and bring you some of the best sports programming that we can here in the Valley. We're looking forward to those two big games this week. We'll take a time out, talk some small college football right after this. continues brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee times by heading over and visiting them online at millcreekmetroparks.org. You can schedule a round at one of their two award-winning Donald Ross golf courses. Time to go back to the phones. Join my partner on the Wolverine Sports Network and our small college football insider, Chris Birch. Chris, I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. How you doing? Hey, Mark. What's going on? Happy to Happy to be hopping on and uh, contributing a little bit to your great show. How's it going over there? So everything is good. And I want to start by asking you, you know, not a lot of people realize just how much talent we have in Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania at the small college level at the D2, D3 levels. Well, I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, when I think about where I live, I live right here in Grove City, Pennsylvania. And, uh, I, you know, I teach and have spent my life, you know, at, uh, in, in, in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, my professional life. And basically, you know, th- there, there is a Division II school at, uh, in Slippery Rock, Slippery Rock University, you know, ranked in the top ten in the country. Uh, two seasons ago, they were in the uh, national semifinals. Uh, the quarterback won a Harlan Hill Award, which is the D2 Heisman gets uh, drafted by or gets picked up by the Steelers and is on their practice squad. And then, you know, two miles away where I see you five or six Saturdays a year, uh, Grove City College is a Division II program on the rise, you know, eight and three, three years ago, nine and three, two years ago, two and two in that kind of strange spring season last year. And uh, about 15 minutes away is, is Westminster, uh, who, uh, you know, won the PAC title last year, uh, beat perennial power W and J, uh, and started this season, you know, r- ranked in, in the country, uh, losing to number one Mount Union in a pretty decisive fashion. But I think Mount Union is going to do that to just about everybody. But, you know, right here where I sit, you know, within 15 minutes and certainly within an hour of, of most of your, most of our, your listeners there is some unbelievable division two and three talent. You had a chance uh, to call that Westminster um, game when they played Mount Union a couple weeks back locally here on TV. Mount Union just seems like they it's every year, year in and year out. They've got a JV team. They've got a freshman team. They win just about every game they play in, in, in a pretty good conference. they got a shot to run the table again from what you saw this year? Oh, there, there's no question about it, Mark. I mean, they, they are – you know, somebody called them, somebody in, in kind of our, my pre- preparing for that game, I came across an article where they called them the Alabama 
of Division Three, you know, meaning <laughs> that, uh, you know, the great Nick Saban teams, how they just seem to be a machine at Alabama there in the discussion every year for the semifinal. And, and I think Mount Union has that going on, too. They have – it's a combination of great players, you know, as good or better players as everybody in the country at the Division Three level, an incredible culture, and, you know, just sort of the way that they do things means you have to go into every game and play just about perfect to have an opportunity to beat them. And uh, when, when you have that going on like they do, it's awfully tough to beat them. And I kept reminding the listeners, you know, or the, 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 the viewers last week in that Westminster Mount Union game that, that, I, that I called how good Westminster is, how talented Westminster is, how well coached they are. And yet, you know, Mount Union was just that much better. You know, you, you look at some of the teams in the President's Athletic Conference, and they have chosen to – and you only have one non-conference game for the people that don't know. But you look at, right. you know, a team like uh, Carnegie Mellon, who we're going to see on Saturday afternoon, and they go all the way out to Washington State to play a game. Westminster plays Mount Union. Now, this conference has typically been a, a one-bid conference from the conference champion, but you continue to try and play teams like that, and if you can get a, a win or you know, run the table in, in this conference, I wonder, you know, could this league become more than just that one-bid playoff team? Yeah, and, and of course, that the same, at the same time that Westminster was playing Mount Union, you know, W&J went out and got a nice win against the Mount Union Conference uh, foe in John Carroll, who's very good. Uh, so that was a great kind of feather in the cap uh, for the President's Athletic Conference, too, when W&J got that win. Um, I, I mean, you look at the top of that, you look at the top of the conference, you know, with Westminster, you know, coming into the season being ranked, you know, number 12, and the success that Washington and Jefferson has had, W&J has had. Um, Carnegie Mellon and Case Western, you know, sort of bringing in the metropolitan areas of Cleveland in Case's uh, case and in uh, Pittsburgh in CMU's case, Carnegie Mellon's case. Uh, You know, I I think that the conference has – the teams have really had to work to, to, to catch up, not only to each other, but I think at, 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 on, on a national scale, we're starting to see that. And I, and I think, certainly, if you think about where the conference was maybe, you know, when you and I started a decade ago. Think about where, where, the, when the, where the conference was when we started a decade ago. It, if the trend continues, it's not been a real fast build, but if the trend continues on kind of a slow build uh, like it has, I, I think we could certainly see that. I mean, you know, Westminster and W&J – and, and Grove City and CMU and Case Western, you know, all of those teams should certainly be in the discussion for being nationally ranked. And if two of them finish with one loss or three of them finish sort of in a three-way tie at one loss, you, you could you could even conceivably see it two, two bids this year. But there's definitely some work to do. The, the, the best conferences in the country at the Division Three level are so, so good. And, and we saw that last Saturday with, with Mount Union. 
And you look at the things that, you know, Commissioner Anderko is doing and Kevin Fenstermacher with him and, you know, the announcement of just a few weeks ago that Allegheny is coming back to the PAC next year. And they continue to do whatever they can to to expand the conference, to grow the conference, to grow its platform and what things uh, what teams have done, like you know, getting teams into the playoffs, getting Grow City into an ECAC bowl and winning them yeah. at home the last two years continues to, to to grow the exposure for the conference as a whole yeah i agree i agree those those were actually great wins by by grove city college at they at those ecac uh, james line bowls uh, again because they were against you know conferences that certainly have a reputation uh for 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 sending teams into the ncaa tournament and and, and making some noise so you know, I, I think, and, and you, you said it, you know, the, uh, the, the, the President's Athletic Conference office, you know, Joe Onderko, they, they have really done a good job growing the conference in that way. And, you know, I, I just think the entire caliber of the teams, particularly the ones at the top, uh, are, are, are starting to step into that realm. And, you know, the, you know what, what needs to happen is perhaps a, a PAC champion wins a game or two, gets into, you know, the, 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 the national semifinal, you know, like we've seen with Slippery Rock and IUP uh, and a few years ago, California PA in, in the PSAC, you know, so, so it, it, it certainly has an opportunity to kind of move into that, into that realm if the trend continues. And I, I don't see any reason why it won't. Chris, you mentioned you and I working together for a decade now, which just seems ridiculous to talk about. But <laughs> I, I want to yeah. go back to the beginning for a moment. And when we started working together, the program was struggling. And, you know, you yeah. mentioned you go back three years, six and four, eight and three, nine and two, the last three full seasons what has it been like watching this program, watching athletics as a whole on the campus of Grove City College really take a turn the last couple of years to being competitive, to be conference champions in a lot of sports, but we especially covering the football. It, it, it's really been enjoyable. You know, you know, obviously, and you look at Grove City College football, you know, since, call it the modern time, since World War II. You know, they, they have a whole lot of things to be proud of. You know, they, 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 they have the uh, NCAA's all-time leading rusher at any level in R.J. Bowers. The, the coach there now, Andrew DiDonato, he was a, a great player. They have a couple of conference championships. But I don't think anybody would argue with the idea that it, 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 it's been tough for Grove City College to kind of sort of sustain or maintain you know, that, that level, they have these kind of blips on the screen, uh, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout the modern times that, that are great blips, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's a lot of, uh, four and six, five and five type of, type of eras, you know, and you know, what, what coach DiDonato and this, this staff has been able to do is they have been able to bring a whole lot of excitement to the recruiting. And, you know, we're, we're starting to get, you know, they're, they're starting to get, you know, just kind of these dynamic athletes to go with the kind of bread and butter kids that they've always gotten. So that's that sort of the bread and butter Grove City College, you know, great student athletes, uh, you know, a Christian background, all of the things that, that the mission of Grove City College is. 
And then they're starting to add those, you know, really, really big-time athletes and players who, who fit that mold still. But, you know, I think for a lot of Grove City's history, they weren't getting those, those players, and they are now. And, uh, you know, it's just been an unbelievable run. And it's been an unbelievable run, not just because of the records, not just because of, like you said, the 6-4, and 8-3, and 9-2, 2-2 and two in, the, in the, the, the last four of Coach DiDonato's, uh, four years of Coach DiDonato's tenure. But it, it's just been kind of like this building excitement. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, Grove City College is in the conversation every year about things like PAC titles and bowl bids and bowl wins and NCAA tournaments. And so that, that's been great. And I think, you know, uh, the, across the board at Grove City College, you know, the athletic program is terrific. It's, and, and I think one of the things that you could certainly say about the college is that it's in such good hands. You know, the, 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 the president, Paul McNulty, has really made a commitment to athletics. Um, you know, you have a tremendous athletic director, a tremendous sports information director, and great coaches, so many great coaches at those spots. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've just done a fabulous job of staying with the, with the mission of the college, but, but also, you know, winning winning and 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 getting great players in in into the campus so it, it it's been uh it's been a lot of fun to watch because it, there's always been pretty good teams over there from time to time in every sport but right now there's just sort of an excitement across the board in all the sports Mill Creek Golf Course has been the Valley's leader for golfing fun since 1928. It features 36 challenging holes designed by the legendary Donald Ross and was voted a top 30 municipal facility by Golf Week in 2012. The Mill Creek Golf Shop is a certified Callaway Golf Custom Fitting Center and is stocked with your favorite golf apparel and accessories. Mill Creek Golf Course is now booking tee times for this year's golf season. Please call us at 330-740-7112 or online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Western Reserve Radio is the Valley's online source for sports talk and local live events. Tune in and be a part of their live weekly shows, as well as all of the hard-hitting action of Youngstown Phantoms Hockey, high school football, and the GDFL. Find them at westernreserveradio.com. Tune in and the Live 365 app to be a part of the area's sports conversation. Be sure to visit them on Facebook at Western Reserve Radio and on Twitter at WR underscore radio. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all got to see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke, but this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign up. I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. <laughs> text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Located in Applewood Estates in Boardman Township, the Applewood Swim and Tennis Club offers a pleasant family environment. Choose a membership that meets your needs and enjoy a relaxing venue that includes not only swimming for the family, but also youth activities such as competitive swimming, tennis, and more. Enjoy the friendly atmosphere all summer long with the staff and members of the Applewood Swim and Tennis Club. For more information, go to applewoodswimandtennis.com or call 330-953-2833. 
Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leads. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. The year was 1907. The Cubs won the World Series and the Ford Model R hit the assembly line. While here in Ohio, school administrators came together to form the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One thing that hasn't changed since 1907 is the dedication of the OHSAA to education-based athletics in Ohio. School sports teach responsibility, sportsmanship, and life lessons that stay with students long after their playing days are over. The OHSAA seeks to prepare students not for the next level of sport, but for the next level of life. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Time to wrap up things here on By All Means. A big thank you to my partner on the Wolverine Sports Network, Chris Bursch. You can hear Chris and I calling the action of Grove City's second home game right here on Western Reserve Radio coming up this Saturday. Kickoff is at 1 o'clock. Pre-game will be around the 12.15, 12.30 mark. We will pass that along on our social media once we get those updates officially from the network don't forget coming up on friday here on western reserve radio jim and coach bob have mineral ridge and springfield mineral ridge two and two and the springfield tigers are three and one that is a 635 pregame over on western reserve radio two and sports radio 1240 tim continenza and i along with michael rickard on the stats will have ursuline and warren harding the irish are three and one the raiders are one and three so a lot of football action coming up this weekend right here on western reserve radio thank you to our friend hayden grove from cleveland.com who started the show off talking about the buckeyes and browns and how yeah it might not have been the best weekend last weekend but things are just gonna be fine for both of those teams and we appreciate him joining us uh, after flying back from kansas city for the game late on sunday so as we put things to wraps, we can remind you that this show is available in podcast form. Just search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. Or just follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Means. That's at M-A-R-C-M-E-A-N-S. A big thank you to Jim Craven, who is back at our studios in Struthers for uh, jumping in and making sure the show got on the air remotely today. Again, we thank Hayden Grove and Chris Birch for being part of tonight's show as well, as we will, of course, talk a lot of football. If you're just uh, getting into your sports night, the Indians won game one of two against the Twins today by a final score of three to one. Game two, nationally televised on FS1 beginning at 7.30. That is going to do it for By All Means, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course, right here on Western Reserve Radio. 